the Truly Amazing Women show on the Incandescent Radio Network, the voice of entrepreneurs. In each episode of the show, we shine a spotlight on the women who are making strides and changing lives. Hi, this is Hope Gibbs. We are here in and Adrian Van Doren, who has made her mark on the world of faux art. She's the mastermind behind the project The House That Faux Built, which is also a book. She's a former military officer who in 2005 bought, brought the decorating world's best faux artist to Arlington, Virginia, to turn a fixer-upper into a must-see work of art. We are thrilled to be here today to talk with Adrian, who now resides in Asheville, North Carolina. So welcome to the Truly Amazing Women Show. Thanks so much for having me on, Hope. It's great to have you here. We haven't talked in a couple of years, so let's first start with the house that Faux built. Tell us what inspired you to create this project. Well, I tell you, I was first going through a house that was a model home and was looking through the beautiful artwork and saw what the incredible artist had done. Well, who did this piece or who did that? And the uh, designers wouldn't actually say. And I thought about, wow, those artists that actually gave of their time and and did this work freely would have to have people know of their work through the designer. And I thought, well, that's not really fair. So I also saw that they took beautiful homes and turned them into design homes. And I thought, how much more special would it be to take a really incredibly ugly house? and turning into something beautiful. And so I actually went out and looked for one of the ugliest houses I could find, a fixer-upper, 1940s type of um, very dated home, and invited artists from all over the United States to come and transform it, and it just turned into an incredible uh, work of art. And I have the book here in my hand, which truly is amazing, uh, what you did. I mean, you marbled floors, you paneled walls, and it's all paint. Tell us about the process and how complicated it was to get 50 people to paint a house. <laughs> I know. I felt a little bit like Huckleberry Finn going, uh, yeah, it's really fun whitewashing this fence. Come on down. Because people paid their own way from California and all over the United States. But they did it for a good cause. They didn't do it for me. They did it for... Um, Habitat for Humanity right after Hurricane Katrina and we actually raised enough money with the project in the book to build a Habitat house down in New Orleans but uh, basically what happened was I gave each main artist and these are nationally known artists and some came from Europe um, their own room to do and it gave them kind of free reign to do what they wanted and it is a little bit like herding cats I'll admit that because artists you know are kind of out there and on their own timetable and it took a lot of coordination but uh, the things that came together were truly truly amazing I mean it was so believable the faux for example marble that you mentioned on the floor or the the faux wood paneling that was just really paint on the door or on a drywall and painting the cabinets and the refrigerator and, and so on that when the house was appraised, the appraiser actually believed all those things were real. Wow. How much did you sell the house for? Well, we only paid, um, well, I say only. In D.C., everything's relative. In Asheville, where I live now, 495 would buy a mansion. But it was 495 when we bought it. We sold it for 650 And the amazing thing about that is that we bought it at the height of the market. Prices fell for the two years that we held and showed the house. And yet we got... Um, probably 100,000 above appraisals for like houses in the neighborhood. And all the houses in the neighborhood really were very much alike. Neighbors would come and go, I don't need to see the before pictures. I live in the before picture. So they, they were blown away. And, um, and a lot of it was had to do with the art and so on um, and the, the things that upgraded. But we also did 
fun things that people could do. Let's say they have a house and they want to sell it in, in a down market. There's some things you can do that can actually up the value of the home, such as uh, uh, bumping into a hall closet and making a, a bedroom out of something that would have been a walk-in closet or finishing out the basement a little bit, those kind of things. What's your favorite room in the house? I mean, I, I got to go through the house. This was 2006, I believe, um, when you when you first finished it and you had open houses and you let people come through like a museum. And the kitchen was unbelievable, the wine cellar down the basement, upstairs the kids' bedrooms and the master bedrooms with those gorgeous murals of the woman in India. I mean, it, it was really breathtaking what you created. Just what, what was your favorite piece, and, and what were other people really drawn to? You know, everyone had a different favorite room. Uh, the little um, nursery that glowed in the dark, and we would turn out all the lights, and it was as if you were up in a fairyland looking down to earth because we painted the floor to look like clouds looking down. And um, and then when you turned out the lights, you could see the stars and the little fairy dust and so on. But my favorite room was actually in the basement. The basement only had six-and-a-half-foot ceilings, and there was a room down there that I remember when I looked at the house, it was just this dank, dark basement room with no windows. And we turned it into what we call the gentleman's library, and we painted the walls to look like wood paneling and added um, a faux fireplace, kind of that burned with the sternocan kind of stuff, and um, made the the walls looked like they had leather inlay. It was just such a relaxing room, and people would actually choose to sit down there and spend hours uh, because it just had this relaxing feel. And it's actually the room that we put on the cover of the book. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's it's amazing. Tell us a little bit about the kitchen because I really like that room too. Yeah, actually. So one other thing about that other room, though, that what, that I forgot to mention was we painted the ceiling black, which made it disappear, and even people who were claustrophobic didn't feel locked in there. But the kitchen really was a transformation. Um, we did take down a tiny little non-retaining wall that was between the kitchen and dining room, and then we turned a portion of the dining room, but that was really minor. But we saved all the cabinets, painted them to look kind of like Italian um, reddish color and then we took the same appliance that was the for example the refrigerator we put wood panels and new handles on it and matched those to the uh, cabinets made them look built in we moved some cabinets up and some down and put some molding and painted those to match so it all looked very very custom painted the dishwasher uh, to blend in with the cabinetry as well. And then the floor, we just uh, ripped out, you know, the linoleum and stuff that was there. And uh, some people came in and fouled the floor to look like stone using kind of some textured concrete products. So it, that was really unique. And even the countertops, we went right over existing countertops that made them look like they were uh, marble and granite. Wow, that's amazing. So is, this doesn't seem like it's a, a process for the faint of heart. How do you get to be a faux artist, and how, many, how much time does it take to, well, to do something you know, like that? There's a lot of different processes. I will tell you this, that the new products that, that exist make it so much easier. You know, when I first started, a lot of people go, oh, faux, yeah, my sister does that sponging thing, and I would cringe, you know. But, um, but there are some amazing schools. You know, you can get started doing something, let's say, at the community college and so on. But if you really want to get good, there's some classes like Faux Effects International, if you go online. Uh, they have schools all over the United States, usually about a week or two in length. And you can get in there and get really good um, with the, for a week at 
doing certain types of finishes, and they have classes on how to do cabinetry and so on. And it's amazing the techniques and the how far things have come and what you can do. You know, I really believe that you shouldn't have to rip things out just to update your kitchen or your bath. You can go right over what exists and just turn it into something beautiful. Have you sold your new home in Asheville? I have. I've done um, – there's a luster stone finish that we did. I don't know if you remember, but in the bathroom there, we went right over the walls there. We went over the brick in the um, – porch and turn it into this it's actually got glitter in it it's a plaster that you trowel on and it's just such a rich rich look so I did that in my bedroom and downstairs and I've also got some murals um, hanging that really add a lot of dimension to the home well you truly are an amazing artist Um, tell us about your background well actually I was in the army for 20 years and uh, didn't do any art could barely draw stick figures so it was unique and, and amazing that I turned to art but when I retired, I really wanted to do something, you know, more creative. And uh, so I kind of did the about face and uh, became an artist from Army to artist. And so the VA, because I had some disabilities, sent me back to school. And I thought, well, what would I like to do? And um, a friend of mine had been doing folk finishing and making a good living at it. And so I said, you know, I'd like to do that. And the VA put together a uh, unique program that, just for me. I went to 10 different courses all over the United States learning plaster and um, how to do trompe l'oeil and so on. So initially I did the faux finishing, which is very hard work in people's homes. You know, you're, you're climbing on scaffolding a lot of times and ladders and so on. And as I got older, I started taking some of those skills and turning it to more canvas art, which is what I'm doing now. And I'm in a couple of galleries and um, have also started Artists for Others, where we're doing a lot of canvas art for hospice and for um, breast cancer research and things like that. Excellent. Tell us actually more about that project that you're working on now. Well, the paint for the cure, I, I really, is heartfelt because my mother had breast cancer, my best friend had breast cancer, and um, I had cervical cancer. And so it, it was something that came from the heart. And as I was starting to paint, I didn't want to just paint commercially like, oh, maybe somebody will like this abstract piece of art. I wanted to do something that had meaning. And to me, ballet and dance really exemplified the strength and the femininity that goes into fighting breast cancer. And so um, I would take paintings of ballerinas or ballet shoes, and somewhere in the painting cross the pink ribbons so that you saw the symbology of the um, breast cancer, but not, you know, not just the in-your-face kind of thing, but just something very subtle and each painting tells a story. And so a percentage, of course, of each goes to breast cancer research. That's great. So have you sold a bunch of them down there? I have. We had a big art show at the Grand Bohemian Gallery here in Asheville um, in October, which was Breast Cancer Month, and, and we sold paintings there. And then also in the, my church, Jubilee, we had a big uh, show last month. And so they they are selling, and then people that want to do clays and things like that. What I'd really like to do with that is get uh, hook up with the Breast Cancer Association or something like that and do note cards, things that everybody could afford and enjoy um, instead of just one-time oil paintings that one person could enjoy each, you know. Right. So well, what's the impact that the book has made? Uh, did do you feel like more people are aware of faux art now and what they can do with it since the House of the Faux Built was published? 
I really do. I really do. I mean, the book did well, and people were pretty much blown away at what folk could do. And people that came to the house that should have probably known more about it, like um, realtors and um, you know, folks that do house sales and buying and so on, were really blown away about what could be done. And then I think a lot of the green movement, I actually talked uh, to a lot of the folks in that movement, and they were amazed at what could be done with green products and without ripping things out. It was it was a strong, strong influence, and I think that it showed people that foe is a lot more than what they imagined it to be, that you can really do a transformation and be creative. You can match things to curtains and fabrics and, and your personality, or maybe put your dog, you know, in a mural and personalize it right next to the fireplace or something. It's a lot of fun. That is fun, and this book is full of great ideas. You mentioned earlier uh, that there's a lot of things you can do to increase the value of your home by simple sewing. What are some some you know, two or three things that people can do pretty easily? Well, I think one thing would be updating countertops without having to rip them out. There's a lot of products uh, to include cement and epoxies that you can put right over your countertops and make them look like stone and update the kitchen right away. Um, cabinetry, definitely. If you've got dated old cabinetry and you can paint it and update it to make it look like the newer colors and so on, that's really great. I painted my cabinets um, in D.C. Uh, black, and they that's kind of a hot new color, and it just made all the difference in the world. So I think that. And then bathrooms. We did a floor in the faux house right over an old, ugly, um, cracked tile floor. Didn't even have to rip out the toilet or anything. We just went over it with this product that um, is the luster stone that made it look like kind of a green onyx stone kind of thing, and that updated it right away. So you can go right over tile and bathroom showers. It's amazing what you can do right now with some of these products. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can write me at chair at com chair like you sit in at faux.house.com, and I'm more than happy to answer questions or uh, let them know how to get the book. One sad thing about the book is that it's been discontinued by the publisher, um, so I'll still have it available on Amazon, but there's about um, 2,000 of them that they're going to destroy unless they buy them. So they can actually get a case of 22 books right now for $46. Um, so if they email me, they can find out how to do that. Um, 22 hardcover books that could be sold at, you know, for fundraisers or given as gifts, and they're just beautiful coffee tables full of uh, things. And I just hate to see such a beautiful book destroyed. Yeah, I, I do too. That is definitely a great idea. I'll spread the word around because uh, this is a book that you really want to look at and study. What you guys did was truly phenomenal. Uh, and seeing it up close and personal, it, it just blows you away. It really was. I'm so glad you got to see the house in person. Me too, actually. I don't live too far from it now, so it's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and our listeners can also check out the feature that we wrote about Adrian and the house that Faux built in the March issue of Be Incandescent magazine. That's BeIncandescent.com. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, we wish you the best of luck, and we do hope to stay in touch with you and see as as your career continues. And do have them go to fauxhouse.com, too, because you can download a couple of free chapters of the book and see pictures of the before and after. So I know we've described a lot of things that sound pretty wild, and I think that if they take a look at the pictures, they'll understand. 
100% guaranteed. So that's fohouse.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, Adrian. We appreciate your time, and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That's it for today's episode of the Truly Amazing Women Show on the Incandescent Radio Network, the voice of entrepreneurs. If you're a truly amazing woman or know someone who is, don't hesitate to contact us. Simply log on to www.trulyamazingwomen.com and fill out the proposal form. We've profiled more than 250 women on the site who fit the bill of being truly amazing, and we look forward to honoring more. Who will be our next truly amazing woman? Tune in next week for a new episode on www.incandescentradio.com. Here's to your incredible, indelible success.